Let's jump in right quick. I want to give you a word. Quick. I want to give you a quick word today. Y'all don't believe that, do you? I know. I know y'all don't believe it. And y'all don't believe it because I've broken your trust so many times. But it's been in the name of Jesus, though. I've done it in the name of Jesus. So, so what I'm going to do today is I'm going to try to get you out of here early. I know that you need to uh, still do some shopping. You ain't got pastor's gift yet, so I got to get you out here early so you can go get pastor's gifts. I don't want to keep you too long. But last, a week, a week before last, I, uh, anybody praying for more snow? I am. I'm praying for more snow, y'all. I so enjoyed it. Oh, it was so beautiful. It was beautiful. It was the right kind of snow. It's one of those North Carolina snows where you could really do snowballs and stuff like that. I didn't do anything out there, but the boys stayed out there for like two days. We didn't see them for two days. So, thank y'all for being here today, and I pray that your season is cheerful and full of joy. We started a series on Sunday, first Sunday morning, called Joy to the World, and so I want to uh, pick up from there. Let's go back to our theme text in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. <laughs> so let me tell y'all a funny story. I very rarely, I'm not a big dreamer. If I'm having dreams, it's because my blood sugar too high. Did y'all know that when you take your insulin, when your blood sugar come down, you have dreams? Like you have, anyway, I do. So that's when I know I, my sugar's high because I'm having bad dreams. Pretty much nightmares. But I had a nightmare the other day, Cynthia. And it was because, this was like Friday night, it was because I didn't have my sermon complete. And so I started stressing, okay? So this particular sermon today has kind of eluded me for two weeks now. So I went to bed Friday night and I had nothing. And so I tried to start working on this Thursday sermon prep day. And so uh, when I went to bed, I was like, man, Lord, I, I don't have nothing. Like you gotta, you gotta give me something. So I was so stressed out about it that I had nightmares. <laughs> so the nightmare was that we was having church in here. And then all of a sudden, it went to a smaller place. And then all of a sudden, I was standing in my mom and daddy's living room back in North Carolina with like three people. And I was in there talking about, I'm going to preach anyway. I'm going to preach it anyway. And they said, we, we with you, Pastor. So when I opened up the Bible, I couldn't see. There was like no names of, the, of the, the Gospels, no nothing, no name of the Bible. I mean, name of the book of the Bible. It was nothing there. And I was like, I can't, I can't see. Cause I can't find nothing. That's because in my spirit, I ain't had no sermon. <laughs> so just know this. Pastor ain't gonna never get up here without nothing. Trust me, that that just stressed me out too bad. I like I woke up and, and like, okay, Lord, would you tell me something? I think he was laughing too, because when he woke me up, he said, okay, use this scripture right here. I was like, thank you. So my day was better yesterday. I can't stand not knowing when I'm gonna preach Sunday. It's just stressful. Anyway, let's look at Luke. This is where we launch from, uh, Luke chapter two, verse eight. We launch here, and it says, uh, now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Verse 10, the angel said, uh, Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. So we want to go further today in our series entitled Joy to the World. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this moment. And we ask you, Jesus, that you would speak to us clearly in this preaching moment. We need to hear from you. 
we ask that you would open this word and open yourself now Lord open us so we can receive what you have to say to us today so Lord I ask that you think through my mind speak through my mouth give me clarity of thought and agility of wit allow me to talk in the power of the Holy Ghost in Jesus name amen all right so you know this is the seated the season of great joy and the season of good tidings tis the season to be jolly <laughs> follow la la so this is also though season where some people have great depression this is the season where some people struggle with uh, losing loved ones you know earlier in the year the season where people struggle with being alone struggle with you know, family breaks and rifts in the family, dissension in the family. And so, you know, the text that we read here is that God sent Jesus into the world to bring joy to us, okay? I think, though, that we often, with life being so uh, fast and quick, so I was talking last night, some of us were talking, and we were talking to the Greens, who are from Buffalo, and Vince was saying that at Niagara Falls, that the water causes people sometimes to go into a trance and kind of draws you, it woos you. It's kind of like when we were kids, and we would see the uh, cartoons, and we always knew when the people were in a trance because they, they, they had those white lines, and they said, and we knew they were in a trance. Well, the world moves so fast, our lives move so fast that sometimes we get sucked into it and we're in a trance called life. Here's the problem. Life was designed to be lived, not to live us. And for most of us, life lives us. We don't even feel like we can stop. If I stop, my whole life will fall apart. That means it's living you. You should be controlling it, commanding it. We started talking about it in the reload, that when we were, uh, we, we, we were created, we were charged with having dominion over the earth. But now the earth has dominion over us. And so we have to be careful because when we get into this trance called life, we forget that there is joy that's made available to us because Christ is in the world. Listen. Our gatherings on Sundays should remind you for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday that Christ is here and we have joy because he's here. And then life gets, gets busy and then we have Sunday again. That's why Sundays are so important. It is a celebration all over again. And so now we have this December season, what we call the Advent season, to remind us that this is the time of year that Christ was born into the earth. And when he came, he came to bring us joy. The word joy is a calm delight. Joy, a calm delight. A calm delight is what you have when everything around you goes crazy. You should be calm and there should be a delight in you because I know although this looks bad, God is in control. And sometimes I feel like uh, in, in my profession, it, it becomes a broken record. I've become the broken record because 
We preach it all the time. God is in control. God made the earth. Trust God. And then we come in, people say, yes, pastor. Thank you, pastor. That was a good word. I needed that. And then Monday comes and we forget that he's in control. And so we're sad. We're despondent. We snapping and cussing at everybody. We need a, uh, we need a glass of wine because my nerve's so bad. Come on, yeah. I thought on Monday or Sunday, I thought he was in control. So what is it that we leave here? So today when I dismiss you, I'm going to be telling you, hey, get your joy. Don't leave it in here now. Don't leave it like telling your children. Don't you leave that hat at school. Don't you leave them books at school. My kids leave books at school. And this one here goes crazy. Do not, I'm going to do that to y'all. Don't you leave your joy here in this sanctuary. What's wrong with you? Take that joy with you. Be calling me all week, telling my pastor, pray for me. I'm not praying for nobody. Go back over there to the church. Get your joy out the seat that you left. Because you're forgetting that God is in control. And then he sent Jesus. Now listen, I'm not saying to you that that means we're not going to have problems. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, these words I say to you, that in me you may have peace. Why? Because in this world, you're going to have tribulation. Now, here's the deal. In the world, you'll have tribulation. In him, you have peace. He says, but be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. So, Jesus, what are you saying? He said, dude, rest in me. We talked about it uh, first Sunday, that if you're going to have this joy that the, the shepherds were, the angels were telling the shepherds about, we have to be in him. That is always a telltale sign that you're not in him. It's when your joy leaks out Sunday night while you're sleeping. And you wake up in the morning stepping in a puddle of joy. And it just leaks out and evaporates and then we come back here Sunday. It's like a slow leak. Let me tell you something. The worst thing in the world is having a slow leak in your tire. We were traveling home to North Carolina the other week and my sister and brother-in-law were trailing me. Then my brother-in-law got a fantastic Mercedes. Now, we was in a big old Suburban, but he was nice and classy in that, in that Mercedes. But every hour, he had to call me and say, hey, go to the next exit. Why? Because I got a slow leak. Well, dude, you might as well be driving a tricycle then. If we got to stop here, but we can't, we can't ride good, we can't even get in the groove because every hour we got to stop and plug. I got to get some fixer flat. Why? Because I got a slow leak. And then the fixer flat, we stopped and got that and it still didn't work. Why? Because it got a slow leak. Because you need a new tire. Why? Because the air that you're putting in it that should help the ride is leaking out. Y'all hear me? And your joy can't leak out like that. So I told you the other week that God wants us to have joy in every area of our lives, okay? Those areas, uh-oh, do I got the wrong song? Oh, I got the wrong sermon up today. Hold on. I'm going back to, uh-oh, maybe the Lord telling me that we need to preach this. Seven habits of maturing Christians. No. Okay. Let me go back. Here we go. Got it. So I told you last week, or week before last, that I, when I say last week, I'm in a rhythm. So y'all go with me. Y'all with me? Okay. So I told you the other day. <laughs> that um, the five areas that the Lord wants to make sure we have joy in, and we're going to be preaching about or preaching to these areas this year coming up, is our character, relationships, our work life, our health, and our resources. 
We need to have joy in all of those areas. So let me get out of here and just tell you four things real, real quick. I'm going to give you some scriptures because joy comes in different ways. Different ways. And so because it comes in different ways, I want you to be ready to see it so you don't miss it. All right. So let's start right here in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 2. It's one of my favorite. We're going to read two and three. One of my favorite texts. It says, behold, God is my salvation. I will trust and not be afraid for Yah, the Lord, is my strength and my song. Listen, he has also become my salvation. Look at verse three. Therefore, with joy, we will draw water from the wells of salvation. I love it. It is poetic because what the writer tells me now is that joy, number one, can be a tool with which I nourish myself from the promises, the well of salvation. The promises of salvation says that no matter what happens, God is in control. The promises of salvation says I am saved, I am being saved, and I shall be saved. That regardless of what happens around me, God is my Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ died for my sins. And on the days when you're feeling overwhelmed, over the, on the days that you feel despondent, you can take your joy and use it as a cup to draw from the promises of salvation to nourish your spirit, man. Y'all know I'm a big uh, Bonanza fan. And what I notice with all Westerns, they either travel with a canteen or an old tin cup because you never knew where you were going to run up on a water source and be able to take advantage of the source at the moment. And your joy becomes the cup or the tool you use to give yourself nourishment when times get rough. Why am I doing this? I don't know. Maybe I'm the only one that even in this journey of salvation, it gets rough sometimes. Sometimes, maybe I'm the only one that questions God. God, is it really worth it? Is this really real? Anybody ever question that? Is salvation, like, is there really a heaven or hell? Y'all ever question that? Oh, look, don't, no, y'all religious. Don't be religious on me. Y'all know, what is this all this for? I got to go to church for. You start questioning stuff. I believe that every good theologian questions. I question it. It is at the moment when I question it that my faith gets bigger. Because my faith is that I'm living this thing out with some uncertainties. I just trust you. If you knew it, would you really walk it? If you knew it, you wouldn't need him. You were in control. I mean, I question it sometimes. And it's at that moment that I say, Lord, I rest in you. You are my joy. And I take that tool and I nourish myself. So with joy, we draw water from the well of salvation. Joy is a tool. Go to this next one. Watch this. Nehemiah 10, I like this one too. Nehemiah 10, he said, uh, Nehemiah 8, verse 10. Then he said to them, this is Nehemiah talking to the people, go your way, eat the fat, drink the sweet, and send portions for those whom nothing is prepared. In other words, take care of the poor. Watch this. For this day is holy to our Lord. Do not sorrow, for the joy of the Lord 
is your strength. Now we see here that not only is joy a tool, but joy is, what did I say right here? Joy is also our fortified place. Now here's what this means. When we hear the phrase, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Strength right here is a military term in the Hebrew. And what it really means is that you are fortified. So to be fortified in military terms is to be surrounded, is to be lifted up and given an advantage over your enemy. Anybody ever played the king of the hill? As a kid, my house, my dad's house right now is on a hill. And one of the things we love to play is king of the hill. King of the hill is when you got three or four friends and they're trying to come up and take your place on the hill and throw you down. And it's up to you to push them back down the hill. Well, the king always has the advantage because number one, we got gravity on our side. Okay, so when they're coming up, there's something already pulling them down so we could push them back and they got to start from the bottom. And so what happens is this, when the joy of the Lord is your strength, you have to rest in the fact that the Lord has surrounded you. He has built you up and he's given you an advantage over your enemy, which means you got the upper hand over him. And for so many years, many of us feel I have felt like that the enemy has the advantage over us. But when you have the joy of the Lord, the joy of the Lord fortifies you. It builds you up, it surrounds you, and it gives you an advantage over your enemy. So when you wake up tomorrow morning feeling depressed, you need to declare, oh no, I have the joy of the Lord because joy is my fortified place. That's the place where I'm not stressing. It don't look good, but I can't stress about it. I don't know what's gonna happen, but what I do know is that the Lord has me surrounded got me built up, and he got me an advantage over the enemy. I want to let that sink. I want to let it sink in because some people in here wrestling with depression. And I want you to know the joy of the Lord is your strength. Not the joy of people on TV. Not the joy of Hallmark. They're doing their good movies these, these days. Not the joy of Hallmark, but it's the joy of the Lord. He is your strength. So you got to remember now this joy that God sent into the earth. He sent it to surround you. You're surrounded by great people. You're surrounded by angels. You're surrounded by the presence of the Lord. You are protected. I tell people when I fly, they be like, I hope nothing happened. Well, if it does, I'm alive. I don't know about you. You're probably better because you're sitting by me. Because I still got stuff to do. I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded. You got to remember that. And so I rest a lot in the fact that, God, I know you at me, even though I don't know what's going to happen. Can I tell you one of the most uncertain moments I had, probably also why I had dreams the other night, is because, you know, because I am self-employed, per se, I got to get health insurance. Y'all, the health insurance costs me more than my house note in just the premium. Not the deductible and not my medicine. Listen, Friday night was supposed to be our date night. We sat on opposite ends of the couch and she's like, okay, I'm about to pick which one we're gonna get. You wanna see? I said, mm-mm. <laughs> mm-mm. It's, it's right now, just roll the dice. We'll pick what we can and see what we can find later because it's an unsettling thing 
that I know I can't afford it. Now, Pastor, should you be, should you be speaking life? No, I got to speak what's true right now. I can't afford $1,600 a month in just premiums. I can't afford that. So, internally, she's the numbers lady, so it's, all, it's written all over her face. Internally, I'm like, okay, Lord, I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm resting in you, and I need you to help me. So when I woke up in the middle of the night, frantic, because I couldn't see the, the scriptures in the Bible, I said, okay, Lord, he's like, you know, preach this, he's used this text. All these texts that I'm giving you, he gave me at 5 o'clock in the morning, uh, Saturday morning, after I woke up in a panic. Like, you know, I was like, Lord, quit playing. Quit playing. I'm just going to sing. I'm going to sing all day if you don't say nothing. I'm not going to make up nothing. So, uh, so all these scriptures I'm giving you, he gave me. But right after that, I said, okay, so since you're talking and we're both so quiet, what am I going to do about this insurance? Here's what he said to me. He said, uh, and my God shall supply all of your needs, listen, according to your riches or to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So now I, I laid there because I know in context what that means. Okay, in context. I know what it means as a declaration. But we got to be careful that we don't use declarations out of context. Okay, I'm chasing a rabbit here. Just run with me a little while. So I know what, that, what I know that that means is when Paul wrote that, he wrote it to a group of people who had just given him an offering to help him keep, keep spreading the gospel. These were people that didn't have a lot, and they scraped up all they had, and they gave it to him. And because they did that, he said to them, you've been a blessing to me, and my God shall supply all your needs. So I knew what he meant. So when I got up, I said, okay, Lord, I hear you. You know what that means? That means that I, I got a new pastor, and I have not established my tithing to him. So what's so funny, I said, well, Lord, I don't even have his address. We're just building relationship. He called me that day. I said, now, Lord, I know now that's you. That's you for real, huh? I thought it was like wings. It was you. So I told him, I said, Pastor, from my business, I'm going to tithe to you from my business account. He stopped immediately and started praying for needs that I had, some of which he didn't even know I had. The Holy Ghost started revealing to him, and he said, let's pray right now. He just started praying. Why are you telling me this, Pastor? I'm telling you this because when you have the joy of the Lord, when things seem like this is going to take me out, I cannot afford this. Did I mention, by the way, I have type 2 diabetes? So I'm still paying, I'm already paying a million dollars just for insulin, not to mention pills, you understand? So then when I'm stressed and I feel like, Lord, I don't know. This doesn't make sense to me. It is one of those moments that makes you feel helpless when you're normally in control. You ever had those, mom? When you, when you normally can handle everything with the kids, but then they got that sickness that ain't nothing you could do about? You just feel helpless. Dad, when you normally can say, well, we got this, we can manage this, I stuck this back, we can take care of this, we're gonna be all right, just breathe. But then when you're like, and nothing I can do? 
the Lord starts speaking. It is at that moment that his joy becomes my strength. And when I feel like I'm not going to make it, he surrounds me. He lifts me up. What's the advantage? The advantage is I got another place to put seed in the ground. And I got another crop that's going to come up in my life to handle that. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I cannot pinpoint how it's going to happen. But if I'm going to trust the word of the Lord... If I'm going to trust the patterns that I see in the text of Scripture, if I'm going to trust it, then I know is Lord, you told me to do this. I'm going to do it. It's going to be tight. But whatever is tight for me is loose for you. Whatever is tight for me is loose for him. And that's when people start calling me, saying, hey, I want to offer you this. Can you come and do this? Can you consult here? I don't want to pay you this. Can you do this? Can you do that? That's when. And so I'm just waiting right now for that stuff to start rolling in. Because I made a commitment financially. Why? Because his joy is my strength. And I want to encourage you today that the joy of the Lord, when you hear the Lord talk to you, receive his joy. Be surrounded in this hard time. Be lifted up and know that you have an advantage over the enemy. Am I making sense in here? All right. I feel like I've been giving y'all too much information, but I got to say what the Lord gave me to say. Shoot. Lest I have bad dreams. Here we go. Number three, go to Psalm 30, verse 5. For his anger is but for a moment. His favor is for life or forever. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy does what? Comes in the morning. So number one, joy is a tool. Number two, joy is our fortified place. Now listen, number three, joy is our reward for hanging in there through the night season. Joy. Now here's what's cool about it. Let's go back, put the scripture up there. I want y'all to look at how the, uh, how the writer writes it because what the writer is doing is the writer is giving us a picture. Watch. His anger, God's anger, which is not a good thing, is for a moment... But his favor is for life. You see that? He's, he's little, a lot. Comparison. Then he goes on and says, weeping may endure for the night. But here's the picture. Joy comes in the morning. And based on the picture he had just given us, it's going to be a lot of joy for a long time. Y'all with me? Anybody excited about that other than me? I see the picture because you got to understand how they write. There is, it is what he is inferring. He is inferring here, based on the first line, that when joy comes, it's going to be a lot and a long time. So now it is, if you can hang on these rough moments that you're going through, the hard time that that you have, joy is coming. What's the joy? It's a calm delight. All the stress that you have. Listen, the best way I can say it right now is weeping may endure for a night. What's a night? A night is the three weeks you had to endure going back to school after Thanksgiving break. Listen, my boys got depressed the Sunday night before the Monday they was going to school. It was Sunday. They was depressed Sunday. It was like, what's wrong with y'all? We got to go to school tomorrow. I said to them the other day, I said, hey, guys, y'all realize it's Christmas break now. We're done. Jay was like, yeah, it came faster than I thought, because joy comes in the morning. (laughs) 
And there is, listen, if you can go back to your days in school, old folk, us, do you remember what you felt like when you knew it was Christmas break or summer break? Nothing mattered. You used to hate nighttime because you knew that I got to go to bed. But at nighttime didn't matter in the summer because you really didn't have to go to bed. I used to stay up all night and watch Cinemax. Pray for you, Pastor. I was watching Cinemax, I know. Watching Cinemax. You remember the Cinemax after dark? We didn't even have Cinemax, but it had them squiggly lines, and every once in a while it'll straighten up. Y'all don't remember that? Okay, whatever. Me and my cousin was right there waiting for the straighten up moments. <laughs> Pray for me. So, y'all know what I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> Tell you, boy, I give y'all too much information. I just love y'all. We didn't have Cinemax, but Cinemax cleared up every once in a while. Okay. <laughs> hey, trying to tell you, get in what you could. Listen, so, what, what am I talking about? <laughs> Wait, let me go back to my point. <sighs> I just went back. Oh, 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 not giving up in the night season. Because there is a peace and a calm that our kids have now. Because they don't have homework. They don't have to get up and go to school. They're just chilling. Can I tell you something? The joy of the Lord is designed for us to just chill. Yeah, but life is hard. Sure it is. But if you hang on in there, your joy season comes. And the joy season is always more joy than sorrow. And it's longer than the season that you just came out of. You hear me? You got to rest in that. Shoot, in our house, my wife got more joy these days because they ain't got to go to school. That means no homework for her because she is the homework queen, king, emperor. You hear me? She teach a lesson every night. It's like, why do we send them to school again? So now she can breathe. Now she understands, baby, this is the joy of the Lord. This is what this feels like, that you can go to bed at a decent time. You ain't got to worry about uh, projects. This is the joy of the Lord. They got a project? <laughs> Any teachers in the room? Can y'all tell me why y'all give projects over the holiday season? Anyway. <laughs> Uh-oh, we have a rebellion from one of the students. <laughs> Shouldn't have brought that. Hey, no school tomorrow, the joy of the Lord. <laughs> Rest. Okay, so the joy of the Lord is your tool. The joy of the Lord is your fortified place. The joy of the Lord is the reward for hanging in there. Look at somebody and say, hang in there. Your joy is coming. Your joy is coming. Your calm delight. It's just a rough season right now, but it's coming for you. And listen, rough seasons come for a reason. Oh, Lord, I'm just about to kill my time, but I got to take you there. Go to James. Hey, Christina, take me over to James chapter 1, please. Ah, I just killed my time. I'm glad y'all didn't believe me. I know y'all didn't believe me, so I'm not trying to stick to it. Go to James chapter 1 real quick. Y'all didn't believe me, so it don't matter. James chapter 1, uh, you can take me in the, uh, in the New King James Version, it's fine. Because there's a reason for your night seasons. Go to verse 2, please. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Listen, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. Oh, Lord. Now let's talk about growing up because what happens is this. 
when joy, when you get settled and arrested in joy, you now understand that joy, here's another one you can add that's not on my list, becomes a filter through which I handle my trials. You hear me? It's the filter through which I handle my trials. That the hard stuff I go through, I got to see it through the lenses of joy. Um, Hebrews writer says it like this, that for the joy that was set before him, he, Christ, endured the cross. So in order to endure your hardships, you need to put joy in front of it and deal with it as if joy is the gloves through which you manage the situation. Are y'all with me? Because your seasons, your night seasons are producing something in your life. Patience. It makes you stronger. Your hardships produces something that makes you stronger. If you could just live through this. I know it's bad right now, but stay alive. It's going to get better. You think you're chilling now? If you can hang through this hard season, you're going to be able to chill better. When you come through, because your joy that God sends, that he has made available to everybody. You know people who are stressed out 24-7? It's because they've not had access to this joy. Because you only get this joy, based on our last lesson, is in, in only get to this joy by spending time with God, having connection with the Lord Jesus Christ. So your issues, listen, your hardships come to make you better. Oh. We don't like that kind of teaching. Let me say it again. Matter of fact, say it with me. My hardships come to make me better. You can't get to better without having an involvement with worse. How do you know what better is if you've never had worse? Come on. If all you've eaten is McDonald's. You don't know what Kobe beef is. So when I say this is better, you're going to say better than what? How could it be better? I didn't know anything else existed. So then you have to have bad sometimes so you can appreciate the better. Only mature people understand that. Immature people want better all the time. I will tell you this. For some of the things that I'm experiencing right now, I will take the worst just so I can live in this better. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It makes me appreciate better when I've come through worse. You can tell people who never bought, bought their own shoes. Listen, it was snowing out here the other week. My son has some harachis, whatever that is, those Nike harachis that all the kids want. He had them on in the snow. We wasn't even home. I said, son, what shoes you got on? Oh, I got on my harachis like it was nothing, like they was like some combat boots or something. I said, hey, hey man, go in the house and change those. But that's because you don't buy them. You don't buy them. Listen, when my mama started making me buy my sneakers, I was wearing shoes until my toes popped out the front to play in because I couldn't play in the shoes that I paid $75 for. All my cut, grass cutting money. You see what I'm saying? So when you don't go through anything, you can't appreciate the better. 
But what happens is since you need to go through, God gives you the filter of joy to help you understand that if I start with joy, I'll be better and even my joy gets better at the end of it, if you will, if you understand what I'm saying. All right, got to go. I'm going to make my time, though. I'm going to make my time, even with that rabbit. Okay, so number one, joy is your tool. Number two, joy is your fortified place. Number three, joy is our reward for not giving up. And last but not least, let's look at this. Psalm 126 and 5. Those who sow in tears shall reap in joy. Hey, it is right here where you understand that joy is the return on investment. Your tears are the investment. And joy that Jesus brings is the return on that. That text goes on to say that when things got hard, we didn't want to deal with nothing. But those who had to deal with it, now they are rejoicing. That's when the text says, they shall come in rejoicing, bringing in the sheaves. That means that all the, the lean times and the hard times, and the, they were in bondage. Now, all the crying that I've done is really seeds for joy that's about to come up in my life. They shall reap in joy for all the times I've cried, for all the moments I felt like I don't know how I'm going to make it. Just the other night when I felt like I'm a little overwhelmed by these prices, Lord, I can't even sleep. I'm going to get some joy from, for that moment. I don't know how I'm going to get it. Probably when I pay that first payment and everything else, all the lights still on, I'm going to be good. You know what I mean? That's joy because everybody in the room, hear me clearly, if you've sown in tears, you're going to reap in joy. God has promised a return on investment. And he's promised in such a way that it's going to be significant for you. That joy comes to our lives in many different ways. Listen, you got to look for it. Not only do you have to look for it, but you got to use joy. When you wake up in the morning headed to a job that gets on your nerves, you got to use joy to help you. You got to say, Lord, it is with your joy that I come through here because I know you got an assignment for me. I'm going to get here and you open this door for me. This ain't my last job. This ain't the end of it. I got more steps to take, but I'm going to use joy right now to get through the day. The angel said to the shepherd, I bring you tidings of good, great joy. I just want you to know that great joy is available to all of you. You got to be willing to look for it, to identify it, and then use it to help you through your hard moments. Would you stand? With two minutes and 23 seconds left.